0: It is officially spring and that means graduation season is on. We here at the Financial Grown-Up Podcast have created some new super fun gifts just for that in our grownupgear.com merch store. We have adorable hats, totes, mugs, pillows, teas, and the seriously most cozy and comfortable sweatshirts all on grownupgear.com and all at affordable prices. Grown Up Gear also makes great gifts for Mother's Day, Father's Day engagements, bachelor, bachelorette parties, birthdays, and of course, just for fun to treat yourself. Use code GRADUATION for a 15% discount. And thank you in advance for your orders. Buying from our small business helps to support this free podcast. And we truly appreciate your support.
1: We did a 10K in 10 days challenge with 350 of our clients. The average was like $6,700 per person. And they, as a group, made $2.4 million in 10 days.
0: You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grownups with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grownup. And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grown up is hard. But together, we've got this. Yes, my friends, $10,000 in 10 days. Do you dare take the challenge? You want to hear about it though, right? Rachel Rogers is back and the perfect guest for our newly updated format here on Money Tips for Financial Grownups. If you missed the bonus episode, it should be just before this one in your feed, but in short, we're streamlining the show to focus more on money tips to help us all be our best financial grown-ups. So I lost count of all the incredible money tips that Rachel shares in our interview, but you're going to hear a sound every time she drops one. Rachel, who is the CEO of Hello7 and runs the Rogers Ranch, which you're going to hear about in our interview, has a new book out called We Should All Be Millionaires, I read it cover to cover in one sitting, and you should too. Then you should also go back and make note of all the gems in the book. But first, let's get some extra money tips in our interview. Here is Rachel Rogers. Rachel Rogers, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Again, welcome back. Yay! I'm so glad to be back. I'm excited. Well, we are celebrating because your book, We Should All Be Billionaires, A Woman's Guide to Earning, More Building Wealth, and Gaining Economic Power is released today, the day that this episode is coming out. Tell us high level about the book and what we can expect.
1: Yes. Well, you can expect some tough love and you can expect a guide to becoming a millionaire, to making a million dollars. I think we need that. We shoot for six figures and it's not enough. I don't know if you've noticed. You probably have because you're a financial grown-up. <laughs> and I live in New York City. Exactly, <laughs> but you know, I want women to be shooting for seven figures so that we can really make a massive impact. The reality is that 2% of women entrepreneurs ever hit the seven-figure mark and, you know, when it comes to the world's billionaires, right? Very, very few of them are women. And so I think we need to understand how to earn more. And that's what this book is about. It's not about what to put in your 401k or like how to invest, like, you know, what to do with your money on the back end. No, it's about how to get more of it in the first place. You challenge your clients to come up with a way to make $10,000
0: in 10 days. Let's just start with the results and then tell me some of
1: the ways that you could make $10,000 in 10 days. We did a 10K in 10 Days Challenge with 350 of our clients, and they as a group made $2.4 million in 10 days. What was the average? The average was like $6,700 per person approximately. Which is incredible. I mean, incredible, right? And to me, it's not about the money. It's about the fact that what I'm trying to prove and what I want women to be able to prove to themselves is that you can earn as much as you want whenever you want you have the ability to generate cash whenever you need to. I think we have a money problem come up and we're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me start cutting things and slashing things. Let me start shrinking my life. And I'm like, I do the opposite. If something comes up and I want to spend money on something, I'm like, okay, well, let me think about what are my different ways of earning more and which one am I going to choose? Okay, great. I'm going to choose that one. Let me put it out there. And then I earn that money in 30 days or less. And then I go do that thing I wanted to do. What are some of the best ways people came up with to earn money? Oh, it was amazing. Like there were people having yard sales. People were just reaching out to past clients who owed them money. And like they just hadn't reached out to them and said, Hey, you owe me money. Hey, you hadn't paid your invoice. Can you go ahead and take care of that? They made all this money from like clients that were like six months late. And just because they weren't following up. And I'm like, honey, we need to focus on our money and not let all of those dollars trickle out of our hands that's what I see happening with women as a whole. Right. And so I'm asking us to hold ourselves accountable to really pay attention to our money. So that was some of the things that they did. They launched new programs. They created products. They had ideas for all these different ways that they could make money or like they thought like, oh, one day maybe I'll do X. And I'm like, I challenge you to go do X right now, (laughs) you know, and they would do it and they would launch a new program or launch a product and put it out there. And they didn't even have to create the product or the program yet, right? They could just say, hey, this is coming. Would you like one? If you purchase it early, here's what happens. You have 10 days to say, yes, you want it. They buy it. And then you have a little bit of time to go create the thing and deliver it. And it's also a proven
0: idea. One of my favorite parts of the book, you say you have three ways that women make bad money decisions. What are the three ways that women make bad money decisions?
1: Well, we have this thing where we want to be liked, right? And it's like every human wants to be liked. This is not unique to women, but our culture has created this situation where women think they need to be nice and they need to be liked by all. And let me tell you something, that is a losing game. That desire to be liked really kills your ability to generate more money, you know? And I think we think like, oh, if I make a bunch of money, people are not gonna like me. You know what? People already don't like you, so who cares? Might as well make some money.
0: Absolutely. Okay, number two. What was the second thing?
1: Environment. We're in this broke ass environment, so we have shitty bras. I literally just bought twelve new bras because you know we've been in a pandemic, and every bra is like has a busted strap. The wires broke. I was like, "Honey, get your life together." (laughs) So it's just like things like that. One of my clients used to have a cabinet in her kitchen that would like not open all the way. And because of that, she had a small little kitchen and so it was all shoved into the other cabinets. Every time she opened her cabinets, all this fallen falling out, you know, and she was just like, this drives me nuts literally all day, every day, every time she's making coffee, every time she's preparing a meal. And it's like just little things like that where we have shabby conditions around us that make us feel shabby inside. <laughs> when you wake up and your environment tells you, you know what, you must be a boss because look at this environment that you're in guess what? You're going to go out there and you're going to make million-dollar decisions all day, every day. So it really shifts your energy when you are in an environment that makes you feel really good. And then the third one has to do with who we surround ourselves with, right? Exactly. So are you surrounding yourself with people who make broke-ass decisions all day? Is your best girlfriend, Brenda, calling you to complain about her job every day but never does anything to go get a better job or talk to her boss about it or deal with her situation, right? Or are you surrounded by people who, when you say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this exciting thing, hey, I'm thinking about buying a house, hey, I'm thinking about making this money move, they're like, ooh, I wouldn't do that, and discouraging you and being very negative about it and making you feel bad about being ambitious. When you have those kinds of people around you all day, trust me, it is affecting your ability to make million-dollar decisions. And this is literally nonstop. This is exactly how it works, and there's science to, to back it up. Harvard. Studies where it shows that the people that you spend the most time with, you know, 95% of your success or failure in whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish comes from the people you surround yourself with on a daily basis. So if you are surrounding yourself with naysayers, people who are negative, people who are not ambitious at all, people who are discouraging, you are going to be discouraged and you're likely not going to make the moves that you want to be making.
0: Another money tip in the book that I love has to do with flipping just one word. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. Okay. So a lot of times we say, well, I really want to upgrade my home, but I don't have enough money. One of the sections of the book, what we talk about is, can we flip that but to an and? Can we say, instead of, you know, I want to do this thing, but I can't afford it. What if you said, I want to do this thing and I don't currently have the money. Cool. Now that opens up possibilities. It makes you feel like, oh, okay, these are the facts of the case. I want to do this thing and I don't have the money right now, but what could I do to change the situation, right? Like I could potentially change it. So it creates opportunity. It opens it up. It expands the possibilities, right? Whereas when you say, but it's kind of like it closes the door on that being a possibility. It closes the door on that opportunity So I encourage you to be and people instead of but people, right? And this goes to the peer group, right? Are you surrounded by people who can say, yes, that's true, and what could you do differently, right? Like, let's brainstorm some opportunities. Imagine if we had friends who would brainstorm business opportunities, money-making opportunities, networking opportunities with us instead of talking about everything that's wrong with the world and just complaining all the time and commiserating, you know? we could do that too, but let's make sure that we are also being expansive. And so if you change your butt to an and, that might open up some creativity for you to come up with solutions to the financial problems that come up. Changing the
0: way that you frame how you see things. So important. You also talk about taking certain tests to figure out basically where your talent is, where you're most likely to be the most
1: successful. One of the things that we recommend is that we do an assessment, a skills assessment to see what skills have I acquired over the years? What are my natural talents and gifts and strengths? What am I naturally good at? What do people come to me all the time to ask me for? Where you can start to really hone in on the way that you add value in the world. And then how can you capitalize on that skill? How can you start charging for that service? Or how can you create a product based on that skill set that can increase your earning potential?
0: And there are specific tests you recommend.
1: Yes, exactly. Like you can take Finders, Colby, DISC. There's also a great book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Each one of these will sort of help you assess for yourself where your natural talents and skills lie. And so you can figure out where is my money-making potential. You were
0: waiting for a client's check. <laughs> yes. And you needed that money. And I think that illustrates it's very relatable in the last year because we all learned how important having that cash cushion, whether you label it as an emergency fund or just savings, whatever it may be, you were in a precarious position waiting on money to come in. Tell us what you needed the money for, what was going on, and how it was resolved.
1: Yes. So this was years ago. I was probably two years into building my business. I was pregnant with my son. Um, my daughter was one years old. I was trying to put her in daycare. So I was working from home. My husband was in school at the time. You know, my child had been home with us for a full year. Like no one watched. There was zero child care. My child was with her father or me or both of us <laughs> for the whole first year of her life. And I'm trying to grow a law practice. Right. So I needed child care and, you know, search for the right child care, found a great place and her spot came up on the wait list. So I'm like, great. Now I'm waiting for this corporate check to come from a client. This was one of my first corporate clients and it was a big check for $5,000, which was the most money that I had ever received at one time in my life at the time. And so I'm waiting for months for this check to come because we all know corporations, sometimes it's like net 30. I mean, they just pay you when they feel like it, basically. (laughs) So three, four months later, finally the check shows up. I go to the bank to deposit it. I'm like, thank God I'm going to deposit this check and then immediately write a check for the daycare and go drop that off so that I can hold her spot because it was like the last day to reserve her spot. And so I get to the bank, I deposit it. I'm all giddy and excited. I mean, I'm in my sweats looking like crap, but who cares? I got money, right? So I'm happy. I go to deposit it and the bank teller says, great, that'll be a two-week hold. And I'm like, pardon me, what? (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm like whispering to her because I don't want the other people in the bank to hear me. And I'm like, is there any way you can make that available like today? And she's like, Nope, I can't because it's an out of state check. So she sent me to go talk to the branch manager. And so I go talk to the branch manager who's like an older white guy. And here I am in my sweats looking like a broke college student and not a trustworthy professional. And I go and talk to him and tell him I need the money right away. And my face is getting red. And I'm just like absolutely mortified to be an attorney who has to go beg the branch manager to make her money available right away. It was a good wake-up call. I was watching them like the branch manager and another banker like looking at their monitor. I could tell they're like scrolling through my account, looking at all my purchases. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling like the hot tears come. My face is all red. And as I sat there, I just had this moment where I was like, Never again. This is my fault that I'm here right now, and it will never ever happen again. Luckily, they did release the check. I was able to put my daughter in childcare, and that year I took that business from sixty thousand dollars a year to three hundred thousand dollars, so five x my revenue because I got focused because I realized the money was on me somebody else isn't going to make that money for me. It's not going to manifest out of thin air. Right. And it's nobody's fault necessarily. And yes, there are systemic things at play. There is racism and sexism at play for sure. And at the same time, I also have a choice in the matter. And there's also decisions that I'm making on a daily basis. And so I held myself accountable to being a financial grown-up. And that year I really grew up and made a lot more money.
0: Just one of the many, many incredible and inspiring stories in your new book. Tell us. We know the book is available everywhere. What else should people be looking out for from you? I know you have a course associated with the book, and a lot more going on at the Rogers Ranch and so on. Tell us.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, Lord, I seem to have way too much going on. So we do. We we have a podcast called the Hello Seven Podcast, and so we. We're always interviewing women, definitely women of color who are making seven figures or more, because again, I like to provide my clients with evidence. And the Rogers Ranch, what's going on there? Yes. So we have been fixing it up. It's so funny. My children are right outside my window. My little cottage is right next to the arena where we do horse training and lessons and stuff. And so my kids are out there right now riding horses. (laughs) And so, yeah, we're we're crazy up in here. We've also been renovating our retreat house. And so we're going to be opening up to be able to offer our retreat house up to people who want to come and have a little equestrian getaway here in North Carolina in the next couple of weeks. So that's really exciting.
0: And you have social handles for all these things, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we are at the Rogers Ranch, Rogers with a D, on Instagram, and then my personal Instagram is Rogers esq. and you can follow my company, Hello7, at hello, the number seven, co. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me. I love talking about money. Okay, my friends, let's review some of the
0: key money tips that Rachel gave us. First of all, aim high. Rachel is all about seven figures, not six. Having high goals is a win-win. If you reach it, you win. But if you get closer than you would have with a lower goal, you also are better off and you still have more room to grow. Win. One of the easiest ways to make money is to collect the money that you are owed. Receivables matter. Get them settled. Sell before you create. That way you prove the concept and you have built-in pre-orders when you do launch. Just be careful to manage timeline expectations for when customers will get the product. Get over getting everyone to like you and choose who you spend your time with very carefully. Be a friend, be a business colleague. Do not be a therapist, unless of course you are a therapist. Make the effort to create a work environment where you will be your most productive. People are shocked that I wrote most of my book, How to Be a Financial Grownup, at a big, ugly Formica table under bright lights at the Whole Foods across the street from my apartment. But you know what? There were no distractions and there was great Wi Fi. It worked. Try to experiment a bit and find what works for you. And take a skills assessment test. We'll have the links to the ones Rachel suggested in the show notes. Friends, there is also a companion course to Rachel's book. You can find out more on her website, which we will also have linked in the show notes. Let me know how you guys like the updated format. DM me on Instagram at BobbiRebell1 and get more money tips by going to my website, BobbyRebel.com and signing up for our now weekly money tips newsletter. Big thanks to Rachel Rogers for coming back and sharing her money tips for financial grownups. The Financial Grown-Up Podcast is a production of BRK Media. The podcast is hosted by me, Bobby Rebel, but the real magic happens behind the scenes with our team. Steve Stewart is our editor and producer, and Amanda Savin is our talent coordinator and content creator. So yeah, that means she does the show notes you can get for every show right on our website and all the fantastic graphics that you can see on our social media channels. Our mission here at Financial Grown-Up is to help you be at your financial best in every stage of life. And this year, we want to help you get there by giving away some of our favorite money books. To get yours, make sure you are on the grown-up list. Go to bobbyrebell.com to sign up for free. While you're there, please check out our Grown-Up Gear Shop and help support the show by buying something to express your commitment to being a financial grown-up. Stay in touch on Instagram at bobbyrebelle one and on Twitter at Bobby Rebell. You can email us at hello at financialgrownup.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and maybe leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a couple minutes. Join us next time for more stories to help you live your best grown up life.